Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Miracles, The Cure, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on August 14th, 2016. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Enjoying the beautiful weather, wonderful summer, back to school time, all that great stuff. How many of you are excited that uh, your kids are back in school? Right? <laughs> Good deal. Well, um, in my world, I have a lot of friends that uh, are what I guess some would call adventure seekers. They go out and they do a lot of extreme kind of things. So a few of my friends are... Um, deep sea divers. They're snorkelers. They love the ocean. Um, They're just really excited. They go over to Blue Hole. I know a few of them, they're like certified instructors, and they just have a really good time just diving in the ocean in the deep waters. But for me personally, that's something that scares me to death. The ocean is my fear factor, okay? My wife asked me to to go on a cruise a few years back, and uh, I hesitantly, after about a year or two of negotiations, decided to go ahead and take the plunge, okay? So we go on this cruise, and it was awesome. It was amazing. We had a wonderful time, and we get to this island, and uh, some of the adventures on the island, um, one of them was to go snorkeling. So sure enough, I thought to myself, well, I've got all these friends that tell me all these magnificent things about getting in the ocean and seeing all the life that's under there. So count me in. I'm going to do this. So I sign up for this excursion and we go out and we're with another couple um, and we're hanging out. It's me and the gentleman and we're just kind of exploring and snorkeling. You know, just realize I have no experience in this. This is all new to me. And, you know, just the awe of it and the wonder of it and just seeing all this beauty and, and the life that's under the ocean, you know, it's just amazing, okay? So we, we're, we're kind of just going out and about and we're just cruising around and swimming. You know, you can't go too far because they kind of have it you know, blocked, if you will. They got these little buoy things at the end of it. And sure enough, my buddy tells me, he says, hey, you know what? Let's go all the way to the end. And if they're not looking, let's go a little further and see what's out there. (laughs) And of course I say, okay, (laughs) let's try it. So we're swimming and we're looking and we're just kind of, you know, checking it all out. And then all of a sudden I feel this big pap on my shoulder, this big hitting me. I'm like, what, what, what? And I see my friend, and he's kind of panicking in the water. And he's all, look, 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 you know? And I turn my head, and I look, and I see this huge barracuda. And he is literally within feet of us, just staring at us. And I don't know if you guys know what a barracuda is. I'm assuming you do. I didn't know anything about these barracudas. For all I knew is that I was lunch, okay? You know? So sure enough... I let out this big scream, woo, you know, Uh, that's what it sounded like, honestly, woo, (laughs) and I decide I'm going to swim, you know, so my buddy and I, we swim, and we go away from there, and we think we outran this barracuda, we get to the shoreline, we see the nearest lifeguard, and we run up to him, and we're all in a panic, hey man, way out at the end of the reef there, there's, there's a barracuda, you need to let people know, get them out of the water, save them, the lifeguard, and just, probably just too calm of a way, just looks at us and he says, oh, so you got to meet Barry? 
You know, it, it's interesting in life. <laughs> the experiences that we'll have and the things that we'll see and the stories that we'll hear. Because when we got back from this trip, we came back and we shared this story over and over and over. And just like any story, that barracuda went from about three feet to about 20 feet, you know? But we shared this story. Well, today in our passage, if you would turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, we're going to look at chapter four, and we're actually going to look at the end of the chapter. We're going to look at verses 46 through 54, and there's a whole lot in this chapter There's a whole lot of things that are going on in Jesus' life. There are so many things that that John is trying to communicate to us, some stories that he is telling us. And the one thing that I see as I read this chapter, the one thing that stands out prominently to me personally is, is it's a reminder of faith and how this faith is a journey a journey of discovery, a journey of understanding. And there'll be moments that are really, really scary, really tough and really, really hard. But as we not only go on this journey, but as we share this journey of faith, God will do some amazing things in our life. He'll allow us to experience some some really cool moments. And many of them will be really, really scary. Many of them will leave an impact on our life and they'll, they'll give us memories and stories that we'll tell forever and a day. But I think the greatest thing that we can learn from this chapter right here is about our own personal faith. I want you to hear what C.S. Lewis says about faith and believing. He says, I have to believe that Jesus was and is God. And it seems plain as a matter of history that he taught his followers that the new life was communicated in this way. In other words, I believe it on his authority. 99% of the things you believe are believed on authority. The authority, excuse me, the ordinary person believes in the solar system, atoms, and the circulation of the blood on authority because the scientists say so. Even historical statement. Even historical statement is believed on authority. None of us has seen the Norman conquest or the defeat of the Spanish Armada nor the Barracuda at the end of the reef. I added that one just in case you're wondering. (laughs) C.S. Lewis wasn't with me. But it's funny because I just thought about this. It was actually Dan Lewis that was with me. So it was the Lewis family. So sorry about that. Stay focused, right? Then he finishes by saying, but we believe them simply because people who did see have left writings that tell us about them. See, there's things that we'll hear about, there's things that we'll learn, and they all produce our faith. These stories help us move towards a greater and deeper faith. See, in our passage today, we find a man He comes to Jesus because of the information that he has heard about. He's heard the story of this man they call Jesus the Christ. He doesn't necessarily have his own faith just yet. See, but he's hoping for something. He's coming because there's a need in his life. There's something in his life that he needs. And he hears all of these stories, all of the things that are going on in the life of Jesus and what he's doing. And because of that, it moves him to come and do some very specific things. Will you pray with me before we read our passage together? Father, we we thank you for this glorious day. Lord, this day is glorious because you are glorious. 
This day is glorious because you have given us this day so that we could gather in your precious name, in the name of Jesus Christ, and come together as a family, as, as people who are seeking to grow in their faith, people who are on this journey of discovering and understanding these uncharted waters that life brings. Father, as we read your word this morning, I pray that it would not only be nourishment for our souls, but it would be inspiration that would move us to change and to become more and more faithful, knowing that you are always faithful. Lord, we thank you for these moments. We thank you for this time. And we give it to you, Father, with open eyes, with open ears, and open hearts. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to start in chapter 4 and verse 46. And uh, if you would read with me there, it says, So he came again to Canaan and Galilee. Remember our first miracle last week? Jesus was in the same town. And it says, Where he had made the water wine, and at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to Jesus, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. There are a few things that you and I as readers can note in this story. See, this passage is a passage of hope. It's a passage that will help you and I grow in our faith in who Jesus Christ truly is. See, when it comes to our our personal faith, you and I, we're all on this journey together. We're all on this journey of faith. And for some of us, we've just barely begun that journey. We've just barely begun asking the questions and discovery of who Jesus Christ is and what this hope truly means. And for others, maybe we've been on this journey for the last 30, 40, 50 years. But in that journey, we're still discovering this faith, this hope that we have in who Christ says he is and who he truly is. So this morning, what I want to do is offer us a few things, a few steps maybe that we can take to grow in our own faith. And I I want to remind us this morning that it's, it's up to you and I, it's up to me personally to grow in my faith. It's up to me to take the steps towards moving and having a better faith or a stronger faith. The first thing that we see here in this passage is that we just simply start by checking things out. And I know that sounds kind of simplistic, but that really is the truth of the matter. See, this man here, it tells us in in verse 47, 48, it says, when this man heard that Jesus had come, he had just heard about Jesus, all these rumors that were circulating in the town, he went to him and he asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. 
And then Jesus makes this interesting comment to him. He just says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. You know, my mind all week long, I started thinking to myself, I said, you know, why does Jesus respond to this man like this? Why does he say, you know, the first response is, is you know, unless you see it, you won't believe. Well, my, my best guess is that this man is, is no different than I am. You know, if someone were to tell me the story of that barracuda and I didn't really know who he was, I, I probably wouldn't really believe it completely. There would be some, some hesitation in my mind and my thoughts and say, you know, really, you're that close to this barracuda? You're really that close to this man? And you really saw what? Water into wine? Really? There would be some hesitation there. But what we see here is that this man has something going on in his life. Something that is moving him to Jesus. Something that is taking him down this place of, or this journey of faith. That's no different than you and I. There's, there's moments in our lives, there's, there's times in our lives, these, these moments when we kind of look at our lives and we say, oh my gosh, I need something because right now I've hit bottom or I've, I've come to a place where I just don't know what to do or what to say or where to go or how to do it. And we see here this man, because he's heard these things, he takes this journey and he ventures out just to check it out. See, his son is dying and it's all because of his situation. See, his son is dying. His son is sick. And so he immediately sets out to discover. He sets out to check out to see if this is really true and just really real. And we've got to note here that, that this man's faith is a faith that's just beginning. It's just beginning. See, because this man's faith is no different than we are or our faith. See, because our faith is based on what we have seen it's based on what we have heard to be true and we believe it because people have told us about it. And there's so much in history. There's so many things that we learn in schools. There's so many things that we learn from our parents and through the generations that we see on TV and we take it all as fact. We trust in it because people have seen it, they've experienced and they know firsthand. But what's funny to me, even in my own life, is the aspect of what we see here in God's word, there's so much that, that people have seen. Even John himself in chapter 20 tells us, all of these signs we have seen, all of them we share with you, so that what? That you might what? Believe. But yet we still have hesitation. We still don't check it out for ourselves. See, we have to understand that our faith it's important. And if we want to grow in our faith, we have to know our faith. We have to seek to understand it. We have to go out and look for it and, and, and check things out for ourselves. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's the, it's the faith chapter. And we see many stories of many men of faith. And in verses 1 or through three, it simply says this. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, 
for the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we, you and I, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. And then in verse 6 of the same chapter, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those, listen to this, who seek him. Who seek him. If we have the faith is our responsibility. See, in faith, we have the assurance for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, I haven't seen Jesus face to face. He didn't come to my house last night for dinner. But I will tell you, I have experienced Jesus. He did come into my life. He does fill me and he does indwell in me and he walks with me on this journey. And he reminds me at every moment of life that he's in control and that the things that he desires are greater than the things that I would desire for my own life. And I can tell you, only from my own experience, only from my own trials and my own struggles and my own moments in life, that Jesus is real and that Jesus is alive. I can only tell you that because I've experienced that. See, Jesus wants to know us and he wants us to know him. The second thing that we see here is that we have to move toward owning our faith. I know you've heard me say this before about owning your faith and making it a faith of your own, but I think this is an important aspect of faith. See, the official here in verse 49, he said to him, he said, Sir, come down before my child dies. He wanted to take Jesus with him. He said, Jesus, if you come, I think you could do this because of what I've heard. And then Jesus says to him again, Go, your son will live. And then it simply tells us, John tells us, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went on his way. You know, God has given us his word. The question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is do we believe it? Do we believe it? Do we trust it? Do we stand on it? Is it a faith that we're moving towards owning? You know, this man here, I've got to imagine, he was probably a little perplexed. Even though he believed because of what he heard, and he hadn't seen Jesus do any of these miracles. Kind of, got to imagine in his mind, he was kind of walking home. And, and we see in the text here that it, it was kind of a journey. It looks like it's probably about maybe a 24-hour journey from the time he, he met with Jesus and saw him to the moment when he comes up on his servants. But he's trusting Jesus for some reason. He's trusting in the fact that Jesus said that his son would be healed. I want to ask you, are there moments in your life when there's a time span of when you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, will you help me? Will you provide for me? 
Will you be there for me? In those moments, what do you do? What are the steps that you take? Do you move towards owning that faith? Do you move closer to having a better understanding of of who Jesus is? I don't know what this man was thinking as he was walking. I don't even begin to know the things that he's wrestling through, knowing that, that when he gets home, his son may be dead. But he was trusting. He was believing in his heart. See, that we do know. It says the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went on his way. He walked away trusting and having a faith that he owned. I want to ask you this. This is a tough question. Why are you here this morning? And I ask this because for many of us, we're here at church on a Sunday morning because someone made us come. Someone kind of put a little pressure on us and said, we have to go. Or maybe, maybe it was the other way around. You woke up this morning and you were super tired and you were exhausted and you thought to yourself, you know, I really just don't feel like going. But a little bit of guilt hit you. And you decided, well, you know what? I guess I'd better go. See, if it's a faith that you and I own, I, I want to challenge us in this. And I, and I speak towards myself too. I just understand where the question and the heart of this question is coming from. Right? It's not to, to judge anyone or to, to make you feel convicted or make you feel bad about yourself, but it's really to challenge ourselves as believers because if we have a faith that we own on Sunday mornings and throughout the week, when we have opportunity to worship our God and our King, we'll come because of the opportunity to worship our God and our King. Not because my mom told me I had to come this morning. And just so you know, she did. <laughs> Not just because my spouse said, hey, you're up. It's your time. See, we get up and we come because it's a faith of our own. It's not because it's somebody else's faith. You know, and sadly enough, more often than enough, it's we come because we're dra- drug here, we're, we're pressured to come here. See, we should come because we want to give our affections to the one true God. You know, we just sang a song that, that the words in it said, good, good father, right? But I want to I wanna become believe that this morning? I mean, do, do, do we come with our mindsets thinking that he really is a good, good father and I want to be in his presence and in his midst? That's, that's the challenge for you and I as we grow in our faith. And we should, we should move from that, that place of beginning of just seeking and discovering to growing in our faith, to understanding who Jesus is. And as we learn more and more about the God that created us, we should be excited about every opportunity that we get to worship him, 
to gather together as, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as, as the family, as the body of Christ, to sing our praises and to truly say, He is a good, good Father. I want you to listen. If you would, turn with me to Jeremiah 17. This is one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible because it's a personal reminder to me. And I want to tell you, I'm going to confess my sin to you right now. And I, I would ask that you would pray for me in this because, and I say this seriously, not, not, not jokingly. Because uh, in my humanity as a man, as a, as a human being with a tendency to sin, um, I find myself and I have found myself over the years being this first man that this, this prophet Jeremiah shares and talks about. I want you to listen to what he says here. In Jeremiah 17, starting in verse 5, he says, this is what a man looks like that puts his trust in the wrong things. He says, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. I want to pause right there because we're going to read about the other guy. See, this, this guy right here, the first guy that we see here is a guy that, that is putting his trust in the world. He's looking for someone to heal him or fix him that really truly can't heal him or fix him. See, too often in my own life, I've sought out trust and things of this world. You know, last week I shared with you a little bit about the business that I owned. And one of the things that I didn't share with you in the aspect of is that as God was shaping me and as I was growing in my faith and as God was using those moments through that vocation, that job that I had, he was helping me to see that I should not ever, ever put my trust in man. Because what happens is that man will fail me. Man will let me down. Man cannot give me the things that only God can give me. But he helps me to see as I grow in my faith, starting in verse 7, what happens when I put my trust in God. When I move my faith to be a faith in God. Verse 7, he says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. See, the problem with us in our humanity, the problem with not owning our faith, is that we stop growing in our faith. See, when we don't own it, we don't grow. And right here, when we put our trust in man, when I, we put our trust in God and not in man, we see the results. We see the, it says when the spirit. See, because it doesn't tell us that we're not going to have bad moments or tough moments. It says when the storms come, when it gets hot outside, it says we still will bear fruit. Our leaves will remain green. It's, it's hard to explain that to you unless you've experienced it. And I'll tell you, in my lifetime, in my 38 years of life, you guys didn't get that one, did you? 
Good. I'm glad you believe that. That's good. <laughs> I like that. You know, in my lifetime, there have been many a moments when I've put my trust in man. And there have been a few moments when I've put my trust in God. And I can tell you, I can testify to you in those moments, God is always so much better. God always provides. He always takes care of. See, because you know why? It's in his word. He promises us that. See, we can believe because his word says so. We can trust in it because his word says so. Well, our last item this morning, the third thing, and this is what we see in the story, and I hope you guys caught this as we read it. If you look at chapter four, you see this story of change. You know, the story of the woman at the well, right? You know, she comes to the well thinking that she's just going to get a drink of water. And then life changes for that woman in just a moment. And because of that life change, she goes away from there and she tells everybody her story. She says, I ran into this man who calls himself the Christ, the anointed one. And because she tells that story, you see life beginning to change. Because people that are around her, people in her community, as she's sharing this story, they begin to believe, they begin to see, and they begin to seek and understand. And the same thing happens here for this man. As he grows in his faith, as he begins to own his faith, it changes everything. In verse 51 through 53, It says, as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. And here's the important saving. This is the powerful point in this passage right here. He says, and he himself believed and all of his household. Did you catch that? See, he experienced Jesus. And because of that experience, I got to imagine he just told everyone. God did a miracle in his life. And because of that, a miracle he believed. I want to tell you this morning, God wants to do a miracle in your life. And I say that because he may not heal you of your sickness. If, if you have a physical ailment, he may not heal you of that. He may not answer that prayer, yes, or he may. But I tell you what, God wants to do a miracle in your life. And the miracle is this. The answer to the prayer is a prayer of forgiveness, and the answer to that prayer is yes. See, God wants to forgive you of your sins. God wants to draw you closer in this love relationship. God wants to strengthen your faith in him so that you would walk away from here this morning saying, yes, I believe, and let me tell you my story. Let me tell you what God did, the miracle that he did in my life, how he redeemed me and restored me when I thought I was at the bottom when I thought I couldn't have anything else, when I thought I couldn't go any further, that Jesus, 
he paid a price on a cross. He did something that nobody else can do. See, and not only will you believe, not only will you grow in your faith, but you know what? I believe this, that your family, your friends, they'll start and begin that journey of faith. As you share that story, as you put your trust, as you put your faith in him, it will change you forever. And not only will it change you, but it will change your family. I'm a testimony to that. I have a grandmother that, that lived probably the hardest life ever that I've ever seen. She can tell you stories of growing up, you know, in the northern New Mexico area and, and experience some, some hardships that many of us couldn't even imagine dealing with. And then, then she moves to, to the Albuquerque area and, and goes through 30 years of life of, of abuse and all kinds of stuff. You know, she could tell you some stories of hard moments. But in the same breath, she'll tell you the stories of miracles. She'll tell you the stories where God restored her and redeemed her and lifted her up and brought her out of the depths of all of that trial and all of that trouble and all of those struggles. And the last thing she'll end it with is she'll tell you, Mijito, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He will always be with you. Let me ask you this morning, are you ready to go on that journey? Are you ready to take that first step of faith? That second step? That third step? Can you bow your heads and pray with me? As we think about our own faith, as we check it out and as we grow in it, I want to challenge us as a church, as a body of believers, wherever we are at on our journey, I want to challenge us to take that next step of faith. I want to challenge us to think about the things that God has for us, the things that God desires from us. In his word, as we read it, the promises that he has for us. And let's together, let's, let's go on this journey. Let's help each other. Let's walk with each other. Let's encourage each other. And let's share the story of God's great miracles in our own lives. And let's help others to believe. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for these stories, these, these things that you've given us, these promises. Father, we hold them close. Father, and wherever we are at on this journey of faith, wherever we stand right now as we stand in your presence, Father, I pray that that you would move us a step closer, that you would move us to a place, Father, a place where we truly believe and truly trust that these promises, these words were given to us so that we would have a hope and a future. Father, that we would know Jesus more intimately, that we would have an understanding that he is truly the Christ. And as we see all of these miracles around us being revealed to us and shared with us, Father, that we would be inspired and encouraged and that we would share our story. That we would tell others with a passion and an excitement, with a hope that others may believe also. 
Lord, we thank you that you love us so deeply. We thank you that that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross, to forgive us of our sins, to wash away our sins so that we may have life and life more abundant. Father, we love you and we thank you for your great love for us. And as we sing this last song, Father, with all of our hearts, with all of our our minds, with everything that we have, Father, we worship you, we praise you, and we give you glory. And we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.